This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hey, it's Anne-Marie and welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and sustainable business they love. Now, my guest today says imperfect action is better than no action at all. And joining me on today's show is Sally Sparks-Cousins. Sally, she's the founder of The Sparkle Class Academy and she helps coaches, consultants, healers and course creators to attract quality clients on autopilot without the tech overwhelm and the ability to scale from one to one to one to many with courses and membership programs using Kajabi and Keep. Now on today's show, Sally is going to share how automation can be used to attract, onboard and nurture prospects and clients so they feel loved, seen and appreciated. She's also going to talk about the fortune is in the follow-up as well as the automated client attraction method. Now I've been following Sally and going through her 14-day challenge and I'm so impressed I've even hired her. So grab a pen and paper and listen to what she has to say because this lady knows what it is when you're talking about automation on autopilot. Hey, Sally. Hey. Yeah, you speak in my language, baby. I love good automation. <laughs> I am your biggest fan or one of your biggest fan. I know that you've got many, many fans. Talk about automation and let's look at some of the things. Let's talk about some of the mistakes people make because I think sometimes we assume that what we're doing is working, but let's just kind of bust through those myths and mistakes before we dive in on how and what we should be doing. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they think about automation, the first thing they think is spam and the spam alert goes off and they're just thinking that it's all just about emailing and it isn't. Automation is so much more than that. It's about helping to really take away the the repetitive tasks that you do over and over again so that you can save time and work on more quality tasks that, you know, help to grow your influence and, and also grow your income. So I think one of the biggest myths is when people hear automation, they just think spam emails and it is so, so much more than that. It actually brings in uh, a connection with your audience so that you're always showing up and uh, and they get to know, like, and trust you with the help of automation until they're ready to actually speak to you. So yes. the other thing is when we think automation, people think that everything's automated and that is not the case. When we're talking automation, it is only removing the tasks that are repetitive that we don't need to be doing. Uh 
there is still a huge human element to it because at the end of the day, people buy from people. So when you set up your automation the right way, it also has a really great human element to it as well. And we can personalize our automation. So we're not just bombarding everybody on our list with the same offer. Some people may not be interested in that offer. And if done right, your automation will only deliver the content to the people that are actually interested into the, in the content if you set it up the right way. So yeah, that's a, a few things I guess that people think when about automation is that it's really spammy and generic, but it's not if you do it the right way. Yeah, and um, we've got Vachan here. Good morning. Thank you. Hi. If you've got a question or you've got some comments, please feel free to, to contribute. And Erica McKenzie, you're watching from uh, Twitter Periscope. And hi to Sally as well. Thanks for being hi, here. Hi, Erica. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the last number of days as part of your challenge, and by the way, for those of you who are interested in learning more at the end of today's podcast episode, I'm going to share a link. Actually, let me go and share that now because I think for some of you who may only be able to stay a little while, go and sign up for this link because Sally has kindly agreed to share uh, much deeper what she's going to be talking about in today's show uh, about what we need to be doing. So go and sign up sparkleclassacademy.com forward slash Anne-Marie. If you are listening or watching the replay and it is after this date, because this is coming up in June, this is going to be an evergreen offer that she's promised to um, to keep open for people. So you can still cite, do this link and you'll still be able to access uh, all of the goodness in that, that webinar. One of the things that I have found is that there are so many gaps in what I was doing. And I've been doing this for, for some time. And you know, you will you will laugh at me for this because one of the other things that Sally says she loves, and she certainly does, is she loves sexy, sexy numbers. Now I looked at my numbers and I have to say I'm starting to think that they're sexy too. And and this is kind of our conversion of from you know the the the, the landing, the squeeze page to the thank you page. These are all important and, and components of this whole the automation because this is what I this is what I like in it too. It, it's not just automating and, and thinking people are numbers. You want to serve your customers, your potential customers. You cannot serve them if you're not tracking, giving them the right information at the right time, following up at the right time. And what you teach is going to help you to do that and be of even more service to your clients. Yes? Yeah, definitely. There are so many different things that people go through in regards to what I like to call the customer life cycle. So a lot of the time when people, especially if you're a coach, a service-based business, a consultant, you know, you provide knowledge or a service to people, most people don't aren't ready to really buy straight away. They need time to get to know, like, and trust us. They need time to see if you're a good fit for them, if they like your style. So really what I always say, the work we do today with our marketing strategy affects our bank account in around three to six months time. So when you have your automation set up, you're consistently showing up from that first touch point when you get that lead in until they're ready to buy. Now, we always build two different tracks in our automation. We build a fast track for somebody who's ready to say yes all the way through and is ready to buy, but most of the people won't be. So we have to build that slower track where we continue to provide more information and we're delivering valuable content in the areas that they're interested 
interested in until they're informed enough to make the right decision for themselves. I mean, we can't control their credit card. We can't force them to hand over their credit card, but we can control the content and the information and the love and the care that we give to them. Every email is a human. It's a real living, breathing human on the other end of that email. It is not just a number. And I do love my sexy numbers, you know that. But I want to make sure that I'm spending the time with those people that are ready to talk to me. So therefore, my automation is nurturing and loving on those that are not yet ready to talk to me. And then that's where the human element comes in. Uh, And I think when you start to see your list as humans, you treasure every single one of those beautiful emails and you want to respect respect them as well with the content that you give them. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole journey. Honestly, like we've got seven main stages that you've been learning about in the 14 day uh, business automation challenge. So stage one is lead generation. So we can automate that process. Stage two is what we call indoctrination or the welcome series. Stage three is our nurture to convert. Stage four is the sales stuff that we can do. Stage uh, five is onboarding and fulfillment. Stage six then is upselling and stage seven is getting reviews and referrals. So if we map out those processes, we can figure out through each of those different places of the customer's life cycle, which components of those are human and which part of those can we automate to nurture. Yeah. yeah. And when you mentioned, you know, all of those different stages, they are important and each stage uh, will lead to the following stage. And so often as businesses, what we tend to do is we try and do all the things. We may be really good at some of the, but the, the, the other stages, the latter stages, and therefore mm-hmm. there's gaps in the first number of stages, which is not really allowing that potential customer to feel loved, to feel seen and appreciated. And I love the way that you mentioned, you know, the fast track and the slow track. There's some of us, like I am a quick buyer. I'll do a little bit of research, but if I know that I, that I know that I know, I'm there, you know, but others, not so much. They may require a little bit more nurturing, a little bit more validation. And I've never ever ever heard of anyone talk about, you know, the fast track and the slower track. And I would imagine that depending on where and who that client is and their, you know, their buying journey and the triggers and things, they feel respected and they feel like you know them if you provide the different steps and the different touch points to help them get the knowledge that they need, get the answers that they need. I'm sure that that's feedback you get all the time as people go through the different tracks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, I'm the same as you. I'm a bit of a jumper. I say yes and then I figure out how. Like I'll go and buy that thing and then figure out how many clients I need to get to pay for that thing. (laughs) Uh, But most people will do their due diligence, will do their research. So, you know, by having all of those different stages and ensuring that, you know, we're getting them when they're ready. Some people may just be curious, but their pain isn't strong enough yet that they feel that they need to yet pay for help in that area, but they may be just curious. So that's where like in that lead generation section, when they first come in, 
we will know based on, you know, how many emails they open, how many buttons they click, how keen and how interested they are. And we have ways of tracking that, Um, you know, and then also we can survey them and segment them based on their interests. So, you know, I teach a variety of different things and some people are like, yeah, I got sales calls. I can do them. I don't need your help for that. So we won't send any training in regards to sales calls to those people, but the ones that show interest and have clicked that button to learn more, well, we know that that's the the training that that person actually wants. So also it keeps the health of your email really good. So there's lots and lots of little algorithms happening in the background and lots of data coming in from like uh, Gmail and Outlook and Microsoft and all of the places where your emails get delivered to. And if they're saying seeing a large number of emails getting delivered and unopened, the health score of your email will also reduce. So you people like pride themselves on having a massive list, but quality over quantity. If you're filtering your leads well, your open rates can be really high because you're really spending time with those that want to read your stuff. And then the others that don't always say people are worried about spam darlings, there's always an unsubscribe button at the bottom of every email and they're adults right? (laughs) They can always opt out if they want to. It's wrong of you not to show up for those that are needing your help. So just send those emails. Don't be worried about spamming because when done well, you're not really. You're, You're hitting the right people at the right time and just keeping them educated. Until they're informed enough, yeah. I love the way that you've reminded us of that because sometimes for those of the businesses who may see their unsubscribes, it feels like a bit of a, oh, there's goes someone else. However, really we need to look at it. That's good because, you A, you don't want to send them information that they're not quite ready yet. And guess what? They may circle around again. But what you've just also shared, and this is maybe not something that we consider, any time that you do send and you've got a larger list and a greater proportion or a proportion of those are not opening that, that kind of alerts that email system that maybe you're not providing quality. You actually are, but the people that are on your list are not ready or they're just not interested. So, you know, that would be termed, or we could term that more as a vanity metrics, isn't it? That, hey, yeah. X amount. You'd rather have a smaller list, but highly engaged because yeah. while they may not necessarily be buying from you yet, I bet you they're referring you to people too. So we often forget that too. Yes. Yeah, totally. And and that's the beyond the buyer. Um, like I use a strategy uh, that I used to teach back when I was in network marketing about, you know, you've got the business. So people are coming in for the help with the business or maybe they just, you know, want a booking to chat with you first. And then yeah. maybe they want to test you and become a buyer, but maybe they don't, but they know people that you don't know and it goes beyond them and you always sort of say to them, hey, you know so many more people than I do. If you know anyone who might be interested in the thing that I help you with um, or can help people with, please, you know, point them my way. I would love an introduction. So, you know, I'm always sort of thinking in that kind of model, the four Bs of, you know, talk about the business and the opportunity, talk about, you know, getting a booking to have a conversation, get them to then be a buyer. And if they don't want to, we can then go beyond into their network. Yeah. 
so important. Now, I know you're going to talk about how the fortune is in the follow-up, and uh, I'm sure we've heard that saying before. However, the fortune really is in the follow-up, and I know you're going to share some um, incredible insights. Now, I do have uh, a link here, and I'm going to share that for those of you who are listening to the replay on audio. Go and sign up for the masterclass, the webinar that Sally is going to be sharing even more, going in more in depth. And if you really want to build your business, you you will be surprised at the amount of opportunities you're leaving on the table. Sparkleclassacademy.com forward slash Anne-Marie. Sparkleclassacademy.com forward slash Anne-Marie. You will not be disappointed. Uh, Lots and lots of great insights to be shared there. Now, the fortune is in the follow-up. What are some things that we are leaving on the table? I mean, I can list five of the things that I've done. But what are the most common? Oh, look, honestly, you've heard the statistics that most people don't actually follow up with people like they should. Most people will maybe follow up once, maybe twice, and, you know, that's it. Uh, but statistically, let me share some statistics because you know I love my sexy numbers. So this hopefully will help to open your eyes. But following up your leads if you're not doing it well, you are literally leaving thousands of dollars on the table. So 48% of salespeople will never follow up with a prospect. So I'm just curious for those out there, who's in that 48% that you never follow up? 25% of salespeople will make a second contact and then they might, they'll probably stop after two attempts. Only 12% of people will actually follow up three or up to three times and then they'll stop. And surprisingly, over the three follow-ups, only 10% of people will actually follow up. Uh, that's crazy that they're only following up three times. Now, let me give you statistics on where the sales are actually made. 2% of people will buy on first contact. So they might be jumpers, a little bit like me and Anne-Marie. We, we say yes and then figure out how, but most people don't. 3% of people will say yes after the second contact. 5% of people say yes on the third contact. on the fourth and 80% of your yeses will come from the fifth to the 12th contact. So think about that statistically that only 10% of people are. Now, if you are not following up with your people, somebody else is and they're getting your customers. So it is so super important to do that. I always use the analogy is... As a coach, consultant, you know, thought leader out there with products and services to help people, they do need to get to know, like, and trust us. We're not like, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook and you see this sparkly pair of shoes and you love the sparkly shoes and you just click buy or I do like 2am shopping on my phone when I can't sleep, but I impulse buy, right? I don't need to get to know, like, and trust the shoes, But when it comes to the people in thought leader roles and service-based businesses, they need that trust factor. And most of us are not a cheap expense. You know, we're not cheap to get and use um, for the services that we offer. So they want to make sure that, you know, they first they like us, they trust our results, and then do they feel like they drive with us as well? So, the, the I've got a nine-step follow-up that uh, I implemented into my business a while ago. Uh, it was one of the 
like I don't haven't I swear most of the things in my brain are not mine they are things that I've learned from people who are successful and I model them and add my own sparkle but this was a process that I literally had in the shower one morning I was a shower thought and I'm like you know what I could probably automate nine touch points manually Um, do it once and it's done. So when anyone ever now comes in and views my calendar page, so they've opted in, they've maybe said no or yes to the next step in the funnel. And then they've said, yes, I would love to book an appointment. And they go to book an appointment, but then they don't. Mm. What happens with those people that have viewed the calendar? Well, usually nothing. You don't know. And I'm like, I could literally capture who views and anyone who doesn't book. I can send them an email within 30 minutes and say, hey, I just saw that you looked at my calendar and didn't book. Was there not a suitable time? Brilliant. (laughs) And then I added a text message in there as well. That's two follow-ups within the first half an hour. Usually they'll look at the calendar and they're like, oh, I've got to go to Google Calendar and I've got to check my date. Oh, I can't be bothered right now. That way they just reply yes and someone picks up the phone and makes the appointment or sends them back a message and makes the appointment. When we turned this nine-step follow-up on, we had to put on new staff. We had to turn it off because we couldn't keep up with the amount of appointments we were having. So from what we were booking, only a couple of appointments a week, we were booked solid and they were pre-qualified as well because we got a chance to have a conversation with them. And it was because we have a rule. If somebody uh, looks at our calendar within 30 minutes, they get a text and an email and within the first 24 hours, a task is set up that one of my team members calls them and says the same thing. We saw you looked at Sally's calendar, but you didn't book an appointment. Just wanted to check, was there not a suitable time? Um, And because within 24 hours, what what we noticed was they still remember opting in for that thing, right? Some people are opt-in junkies like me. I'm constantly opting into things really to unpack people's funnels and see what they're doing. (laughs) But um, that first 24-hour rule has made us so much money and uh, and I've gotten to meet so many people that way with uh, getting people on the phone. It's the best way yeah. to sell. Erica says, uh, I want to do that. Well, totally. <laughs> so just a reminder then to you, um, Erica, if you haven't already, get in this webinar because this is uh, so good, sparkleclassacademy.com forward slash Anne-Marie. You know, in that, that's just one one of those key areas where it just makes sense. It's almost like if you repeat that whole process as if someone were working, walking into your store yeah. and they came in, they looked around and they walked out and you never even said anything to them. We would not dream of doing that. We would welcome them with, can I help you? Is there something, maybe not your size, can I help you with something else? That just goes such a long way to building that relationship. And what's wonderful about hearing what you've just shared, there are ways we can repeat that kind of touch point, that nurturing, that getting to know, like, and trust you, even even on the online space? Oh, 100% yes. You know, when it's done right, like automation isn't a dirty word. When you set it up right, it is actually quite personal. There are so many things you can do to save yourself time. You'll be surprised. Like I actually call my CRM my staff in a box. It literally is about, it does the amount of work of about four full-time staff in managing. Like we have a, a, we have a couple of rules, build a fast track, build a slow track and no dead ends, which Mm -hmm. means no lead 
ever stops moving. So whether they're getting nurture emails, whether they're onboarding, whether, you know, they're going through a welcome series, but they're consistently moving through the different pro- the, the different stages that we spoke about before yeah. to ensure that we stay front of mind. I mean, once we have their lead information, if we keep showing up, they may not be ready today. Maybe they're ready in six months' time. But if we're not constantly showing up, they'll forget us. I mean, if marketing and sales weren't important, people like Coca-Cola and Nike would have stopped years ago. But they're still yeah. using marketing because it's so important. And when you talk about the customer life cycle, um, and I love the way that we can compare it to to even in the in the in person space. I mean, even if they come in the door, there could be boxes that you have there that's blocking them, you know, from even getting yes. to you to the to back in. And so, why I share that on an online space is they may sign up for something, and then all of a sudden it's like, hello, there's an empty room kind of thing. So not only dead ends, but there could be dead the next step. There could be none of that next step, and I. Think that beautifully um, segues into the automated client attraction method because these are all things that you take into account, doesn't it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So what I did was this took me a good year or two to really map out and get it um, to that point now where it's become our signature method. So uh, that what we found is so many people will try all of these different pieces of software and and try to cram them all together and make them do the things. Or sometimes they keep building, but they never turn anything on. (laughs) So they don't turn on their, what I call your marketing machine. It needs to be on. So the first stage of the um, automated client attraction method is to build your marketing machine and turn it on. That way it's constantly bringing you leads um, because if you can imagine what normally happens is we hustle, 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 trying to find a new client. We get one or two clients, we get busy. So we stop looking for clients. We work with the clients and what happens? They get served, they get helped, they move on. And then what? We have no new leads and we've got to hustle, hustle, hustle again. Who's been there? Who feels like that? Like you're a hamster on a running wheel and it's just like you've always feeling like you've got to hustle to find somebody new. But when you've got a marketing machine set up, it's always bringing you people while you're working with those that need you right now. So then occasionally when you need to run a larger campaign, you've got those people pre-warmed up to you. So if you, for example, were, I always say, you can't go to bed until you add at least one email to your list every single day. Now, take this analogy. Let me I might grab my best friend. Where is my best friend? It's hiding over here, my calculator. So if you are just collecting 10 emails a day, it's only 10. It's not hard to go and talk to people and get 10 new email addresses a day, okay? Every day you don't have that marketing machine on times 365 days, that's 3,650 potential clients that you have not had come in to learn something about you with your marketing machine. So we always build a really simple ones, really quick and easy ones so that you always can get it going as fast as possible. 
The second one, stage two, is now your sales machine. So focus on your lead gen. And now once that's working, we can then now focus in on your sales machine. So are you converting? Do you need help with your sales calls? You know, looking at all of the components that can increase that conversion rate. And when that's humming along, so you've got your follow-up system turned on and you know who to call and when to call. You don't have post-it notes everywhere and, you know, lots of documents and paper to go through. It's all on your CRM. Then your sales machine is humming and there's more human human connection within the sales machine as well. Then once you've built those two machines, this is where we move to scale your impact. We literally have to take those two, duplicate them and just swap out the main content. So the first one might be a, a PDF. The second one might be a webinar, but it's still using literally the same processes. If you look at everybody who is successful, they're not all using the same software but they've got software turned on and they're getting leads coming in. So that's how we ensure that we're consistently growing and scaling. And in through each of those three stages, so build your marketing machine, so set up your systems and then build your sales machine and then to, or convert your clients and then scaling your impact. In each of those stages, we have three things we have to make sure we do. Build it measure it, optimize it. Because every time you build a system, it's never going to be perfect and you don't know what the holes are until you turn it on. We can make an informed decision based on skills or knowledge or years in marketing, but we do not know the answer 100% until people start coming through the system. Real humans. And sometimes things are just not working the way they want. And we cannot improve if we don't read the numbers. And that's where build, measure, optimize is so important. Lots of people will build, very few people measure, and hardly anyone will optimize. I'll go, oh, it didn't work, turn it off and go and build another lead magnet. That lead magnet could have been amazing if you gave it a chance. So, yeah. So, so true. And um, I'm, I'm going to include this because uh, Erica says, um, she's had a few comments there. Thank you, uh, Erica. That's brilliant. I use HubShot, not sure why. In that, that, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to, to share that is because so often, and thanks for sharing that, um, Erica. And the reason I brought that into the conversation is as business owners, um, we need to know that the technology that we use is A, suits our needs, we're leveraging it to the fullest of its potential and it's allowing us to deliver the results and the information that we need. And so what I have learned, and I think this is kind of where you're at, Erica, um, and beautifully kind of segues into what Sally's doing, we need to know, you know, why are we doing that? Is it just because someone has said, oh, you need HubSpot or, oh, you need this piece of tech technology? And not really giving you the support as to why, how is it you, you know, how you're leveraging it in your business. Because again, that could be money left on the table, can't it, Sally? If we're not using our technology properly. So, um, look, I I guess the type of business owner I am is I'm in it for the long game. I knew even in my first couple of years when I wasn't making any money, my business was going to be a success and I wanted to set it up that way. 
some business owners, and I think it also comes to the fact, you know, we're sitting at home and we think software should be cheaper and uh, we don't really want to invest in starting a business, but we want a business. And honestly, can you show me a business out there that you don't have to invest in and you can make a lot of money? Like point me in that direction. (laughs) When you think about it from a bricks and mortar point of view, if you were going to start a business in bricks and mortar, you would know, I need to get a shop. I need to pay rent. I need to stock it. You're ready to invest in the long term straight away when you're going to bricks and mortar. And it's really funny that people, when they're starting an online business, they think that they shouldn't be investing. And I hear this all the time. I need to make money before I can spend money. And to me, don't you need to invest money to make money, honestly? So, what I would recommend, and each to their own, but this is a huge belief in that I have, yeah. stop buying the cheap, shitty software for now. Why not just set yourself up in the right stuff that you never have to move from the software and it's scalable and therefore you never have to change the piece of software that you're using. You get to utilise it to the best of its capabilities and you're not constantly trying to teach yourself a new piece of software. Use the right stuff from the start. And honestly, the right stuff, the right software, when you put a real number on it, it's not that expensive. To set yourself up with a really good, so for say for an online, uh, a course, an online coach or somebody who wants a website and some online courses. So you choose a platform for that, that will house it. And then you need to choose an amazing CRM. So a really good CRM isn't just an autoresponder. It does three major things. It should be a marketing automation machine, a sales automation machine, and a CRM system as well. It needs to have all of those three components or you are not setting yourself up in a system that is scalable. And then it's like kind of getting an old beetle bomb and, you know, you're grabbing this piece of cheap, so I'm going to use Google Forms and MailChimp and, uh, and Google Docs and all of these cheap things for now. But honestly, you've still got a piece of shit engine under the hood. It might be all colourful and thousands of apps. I've discovered that you can literally grow to multiple six figures with four pieces of software and they're scalable and you will never, ever need to move out of those pieces of software. Multi-million dollar businesses use these software and it literally out-of-pocket expenses when you're starting out is around $280 a month. Mm. Take that into account what a life coach can earn. So industry standards for a life coach is about $250 an hour. For a um, for an executive coach or people working with CEOs, you know, five, six, $1,000 an hour. But let's just take your basic life coach, kind of lower scale, $250 an hour. So that's two paying clients for two hours work a month. Now, if you cannot get two paying clients a month or sell two hours worth of work a month, you do not have a software problem. You have a traffic problem. (laughs) And that is something that is totally separate to you can't run a business if you cannot find two people like that. You've you've got to sort something else out. It's not the software. So look, each to their own. But honestly, we teach and scale businesses to multi-million dollars with four pieces of software and they never have to migrate to a new piece. Mm. So, 
Yeah, yeah Erica, so you're, you're uh, sharing what I, where I am at. Um, too many different tools, waste time and confusing. And I've been there and she says uh, too much work. And I've been in that too where I, I think my assistant, it's almost like if she, we were in the same office, she'd be like, Anne-Marie, get out of here, do not do it. Because you shift and you know what, had I got in, in the right tools, then we wouldn't because every time moving things across and it's, you know, not allowing you to really focus uh, on that. And um, Erica says, uh, show me, please, I've got lots to invest. So please, <laughs> let me just do this again, sparkleclassacademy.com forward slash Anne-Marie, go and sign up for that. I know I will certainly be there um, where I'm, I'm sure, Sally, you're going to share a little bit more about those tools, what you're using, what you recommend, so that we don't have to go out and make all of the mistakes and, and then some. And uh, Suzette says, uh, very true, getting the systems right in your business can be the difference between a hobby business or a seven-figure business, for sure. And I love the way that you said, thanks for that, Suzette, I love the way that you shared, Sally, and this is such an important mindset to have. Rather than looking at at that, you know, that it's an investment in your business, really. Just as like you would invest in hiring or renting a space, this is investing in the, the right tools for your business. Yeah. Not what's this going to cost me, where I'm going to get this money from is I need to get X amount of clients for that. It's much better focusing on that because it means you're going to be taking the action to get the clients. And then when you get the tools set up correctly, guess what? You're going to be able to get four clients and then eight clients That's and then it. 15 clients and not have to scramble around because you're using like, look at this, like Sally, look, you know, this is my, <laughs> on the people that I need to follow up with and I'm thinking that this is ridiculous. You showed me that the other day. And I'm like, honey, we can take photos of that and attach those to the client's files. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we certainly um, will be. Look, Sally, I know that we have um, just scratched the surface and I know that you'll be sharing uh, a lot more. And probably for this stage, we really do want to encourage people to get into that webinar because you know, and we and one of the things that I know is ambitious entrepreneurs, and I put my hand up because this is certainly me as well. We get distracted by the bright, shiny objects. Yeah. You need to stop that now. You really do need to stop that because it is a time waste, and it can really be frustrating and minimize your self worth. Really, because you think, well, what's wrong with my services? Why doesn't anyone? That's because you haven't got the right systems in place. The things that you are doing and that's burning you out can be automated in a way that people really do feel nurtured. They really feel that you care because you do, but you're not just getting stuck in. I love the term that you you often share too, Sally, is that, that spaghetti, that spaghetti um, where you're really focusing on the wrong things and that will allow you uh, to do that. So thanks once again, Sally. You you are you're absolutely welcome. awesome. And, <laughs> um, you know, I love the way that you say the sexy, sexy numbers because that's something that yeah. as business owners we need to focus on. And often we're not doing that because we don't have the right tools in place to support us and even getting that information together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sexy numbers. It's the only way you can make an informed decision. It, otherwise, you're just guessing. How do you know when people go, oh, that that didn't work. I, I wasn't getting any appointments. I had a client the other day asked or that we built them a funnel and they go, oh, I went somewhere else and they built it and it didn't work. And I go, well, what are your numbers? I don't know. Okay, well, how do we know it didn't work? And then I built her one and she goes, it's still not working. I'm not getting any appointments. And I'm like, well, I built it. So let's have a look at those numbers. The funnel's fine, 
but she had six people opt in. Of course, she hasn't got any booking. She had six people. It's not the automation and the funnel that's broken. She's got a traffic source problem. She's not spending her time in the right areas. And then we started to actually map out how many hours she's spending in all the different traffic sources that we could make an informed decision, how many leads are coming in for each of those traffic sources based on time spent, now where she should be focusing her time to continuously you know, use her time valuably to bring quality leads versus over a hundred, you know, probably wasn't a hundred, but probably a dozen different platforms. She says, I feel like I'm always on social, like throwing spaghetti at a wall, hoping something's going to stick. Let's run the math on that. How much time do you spend on each? How many posts do you do? How many leads have you got from each of those? Now we can figure out which of those platforms are going to be the one that you should focus on. Um, And so many people don't do that. They're just like, oh, I've got to be on all the things. No, you don't. You've just got to be on the one that's giving you the best results. And you'll know that with sexy numbers, baby. (laughs) We know that this is a way that we can can contact uh, you, Sally, is to get into that because that's where you're going to dive deeper. But are there some favourite platforms that people can connect with you on as well? Yeah. So look, we specialize in a couple of platforms. We used to do all of the things. I used to teach lead pages and click funnels and active campaign and yeah, all of the things, you know, but what I found was when I gave people a choice of software, they mm. were doing that jumping between software and going for whatever, and then just blaming the software, but really they're not turning it on. So the four major pieces of software that we work with, and this is, so if you're not married to a piece of software and you want a system that works, then this is how we can help. For Kajabi is the one we use. Um, So the way I like to explain Kajabi, it's like the front of your shop. Okay, if we picture your bricks and mortar store, you create your landing pages, which are your posters out at the front of the shop. They go, hey, I'm over here. Come on in. And then they give you their email address and they walk in the front door and now they're in your shop and they're looking around. That's your website. They're looking at the wall and now they're tasting your freebies and they're touching and smelling. And that's all your different lead magnets and free trainings and resources that are all hanging out inside your website and your landing pages. Then when they buy, they walk to the front counter and cha-ching, there's a cash, cash register there. Kajabi processes your payments. And then once they purchase, they go out into their little special rooms where they've got their courses and we deliver canapes and we love on them. And that all happens in Kajabi. So that's what the customer customer sees. It does all of that stuff in one program. Now, Kajabi will tell you that they also are a CRM. They do manage, but they don't have the good automation that's scalable. It's a good starting point, but if you want to do it right from the start, then you need a really robust CRM. So we use Keep. I'm actually a certified partner with them and I went through all of their training and we have an amazing tagging system that we use. So we're not randomly tagging stuff. We actually use it for profiling and reporting and lots of things. But if we think about a CRM, Your CRM is like the back office, like I call it the staff in a box. It's where the post-it notes would have been, the Anne-Marie's book of notes, the in-tray, the out-tray, all of the files, you know, the messy back office, but it's all in one place. So that's what your CRM is. And they talk to Kajabi to make sure that the customers in the shop are having a lovely time, but the back office staff are managing, you know, when to call, who to follow up with, making sure they're being loved and nurtured. So those two programs work 
fabulously together. The third piece of software is Zapier. So they can talk to each other and that, that makes them even better friends. And then we also use Acuity for calendar booking. And soon we are hoping to be able to get rid of that. The only reason why is Keep actually offers booking, but you can schedule well into the future. There is no end date where Acuity will allow you to say only within 14 days you know, open up your calendar because you want to get him in. So those pieces of software, literally, if you are a coach, consultant or service-based business, you can scale to multiple six figures without needing anything else. True. Mm -hmm. You can, they're the beating heart of your business. It's like your bricks and mortar in your back office. It's like, it's a necessity if you want to run an online business. Now, whether you choose those two programs or not, uh, just make sure you do your research. There are other comparable products out there. There's not a lot, though. There's probably only two or three options in both categories that I would trust um, yeah, to do fantastic, what needs to be done. Fantastic. And uh, thank you so much, Erica, for following on. Lots of comments there. And uh, I know we'll see you in the um, the webinar that's coming yeah, up. Looking forward to it. It's a live. We're going to be together. We're going to be chatting away as well and um, answering questions and loving on them. I'm so excited that um, we've decided to do this together and, and share a little bit more about my crazy automated world. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And so thanks once again. I know that people have gotten so much uh, from this um this 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 interview anyway and i know they'll get even more from the webinar so thanks again for coming on the show sally you're welcome always lovely to hang out with you marie uh, i love what you do and uh and how you inspire thought leaders and uh keep at it i, I yeah i'm inspired by what you do with all your podcasts and everything it's so fabulous thank you all right we'll see you on the webinar Okay, so just before we leave, my standout be heard influence tip for the week. Now, if I could count the number of times business owners have cringed at the thought of being interviewed on a podcast because they don't have the confidence or they're not ready or, you know, you fill in that gap to share their message, well, let's just say I would run out of fingers and toes. So I want to ask you a question. Do you feel confident to get up to share your message, whether it be on a podcast or whether it be on a virtual stage? Are you waiting to build the confidence that you need to begin pitching yourself to a potential uh, podcast host or even on a summit. Or maybe before you even start your podcast, that's something that I often hear too. I don't feel confident yet, but can I share a secret with you? This is one of the things that one of my winters once said to me many years ago, and it really did stick with me and I want to share it with you today. If you're waiting for the confidence to build, you're waiting for the wrong thing. Instead, and this is what my mentor told me, you don't need confidence, you need courage. Courage. courage to just step out, take that one step to share your message now. Will it be perfect? Will it be, you know, fantastic? I doubt it. But you know what? You sharing your message right now, someone needs to hear that. And by not step, not stepping out and sharing it, someone will remain stuck. And the more often you step out and share your message, the more confident that you will be. So do you need confidence? No, you just need courage today. So if this is something that you're struggling with because you haven't really honed that message to even pitch to a podcast host, reach out to help at annemariecross.com. Let's have a chat. Let's get that sorted for you. So help at annemariecross.com. Let's get that message refined for you so that you can go out and make a much bigger impact in the world.
This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.